also in our prayers this morning, I want you to remember Larry Ballard. Larry's brother passed away a few days ago, and they have been at the hospital with him and caring for him and setting up with him and praying, and uh, his brother passed away a few days ago. And so, Larry, we love you, and we're praying for you um, with the loss of your brother, and especially during this time of the year. Also this morning, I want to announce uh, a couple that are, they want to be identified with our church, a couple I know very well, they know me very well, my mom and dad. Uh, my dad and mom have retired from ministry, well actually my dad has retired every day of the week except for Sundays, uh, he's still traveling back to Texarkana to preach while they are searching for a new minister. But uh, this is a Sunday where they are going to be together, uh, and so I want my mom and dad, John and Linda Cannon, to stand, and let's give them a warm welcome back to Lamar Avenue. Dad, for all those years you've preached to me, payback has now come, and so <laughs> welcome home. Also, I want to give you an update on my brother. So we had plans this week to leave as soon as I finished preaching this morning to go to Dallas to have lunch and to have Christmas in the hospital room. And my brother called yesterday morning and he said, I am coming home. And so we are grateful for that. Absolutely the best Christmas present we could have gotten. And I ask you this morning to continue to pray for Jay. Um, he would love to be here. He would love to see all of you. He would love to thank all of you from his heart. But he cannot do that right now. <clears throat> and that is hard for him. And uh, because of the, what's been going on in his body and the infections that are still there, um, he is not allowed to have visitors uh, for a period of time uh, because of the risk of infection. And so that is hard for him to, he told me yesterday, he said, that's hard for me to s tell you to announce, but I have to have that done because I don't want to go back to Dallas. And so um, Jay is fighting hard, harder than ever uh, to recover and uh, just continue, and I know you have, but continue to lift him in your prayers. Specifically pray that his lab reports continue to go down and that there are no complications and no setbacks. That is specifically from his mouth a uh, request that he has asked for uh, for the last 14 days. And so please keep him in your prayers and our family. We love you so much. Well, Mark has led us this morning in a series of hymns that tell a story. And Mark, you're right, to leave a verse out is really bad and I feel like this morning to to leave a verse out of a scripture that I want to share with you would be bad too and then Brad Francis got up this morning and Brad you stole my text but that's okay he stopped at a point where I'm going to actually pick up from this morning and so in your Bibles I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 2 and I'm going to pick up reading in verse 15 in just a little bit. 
I love the passage of Scripture in 2 Peter chapter 1 where Peter is talking about the prophecy of Scripture and he gives this reminder to his readers. He said, I will always remind you of these things even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. I think it is right to refresh your memory. And here's what I love about that. I read an article this week about preaching and about preaching at Christmas time and, and especially preaching on Christmas Sunday. And this author was going over the fact that so many preachers are thinking over and over again from year to year at Christmas time, wonder what text I could use on Christmas Sunday that'll bring it afresh, that'll bring it from a new perspective or whatever. And then I love what this author said. And he even quoted the scripture in 2 Peter chapter 1, and he said, why try to go back and reinvent the wheel? He said, you need to preach Jesus. And you need to remind your readers and your believers and those that are sitting on the pews in your churches, you need to remind them of the prophecies that point to Jesus. You need to remind them about the death and the burial and the resurrection you need to preach Jesus. And so what happens when we look at a text like this, it's easy in our minds to say, well, you know, I've read this over and over again. I've read this every Christmas, but I'm going to read it again because I think what it does is it brings afresh and it brings to our mind and our memory, it takes us back to our roots it takes us back to where we have been firmly established. And families, this morning I want to tell you, we are only firmly established when we are rooted in Jesus Christ. Having a relationship with Jesus is everything in the world. And so I want you to think about the prophecies that pointed back to this time. Isaiah chapter 7, Isaiah chapter 9 are two of my favorites where the prophet Isaiah is reminding the people a long time ago that sometime soon, and we don't know when that soon will be, at that time we didn't, only God knew his timing. But when you think about it, the only timing that really ought to concern us should be God's timing, amen? Because we realize that when God is in charge of something and that when God is in control, when he delivers that, it is going to be refreshing. It is going to be good. And so when God delivered his son, Jesus, not only was it a great birth, not only was it a great narrative, but the bottom line of what happens in that story is this. God sent his son Jesus to come down and to live on earth. And here's the greatest thing that he did for us. He came to rescue us. He came to rescue us from all of our sins. And up to that point, you could do nothing to take away your sins. But God saw fit in his plan and in his right time I've got to give up my precious son. 
and I've got to send him to the cross where he will hang and where he will go through a cruel death. But he does that out of love. He does that for you and I because he loves us that much. And my question to us this morning on Christmas morning, as we look at a text like this that we've looked at over and over again, we need to see fresh things in there. We need to see things that will come to our mind and that will get our attention, yes, but what we need to be reminded of, when you look at a passage like this, you see the very heart of God. And what you realize is this, you matter to God. And not just you, but everyone in the world matters to God. What a great story, what a great announcement that was made about the birth of Jesus. And praise God that every day of our lives we can live in that journey. And every day something new and something fresh, a blessing comes from being a child of God. Amen? Here's one blessing. Look around this morning, church. Look at the family units that are setting together. Look at the family units that for some have traveled thousands of miles to be here this one time of the year because they come back to where they've been established with family and they're reminded that those family roots are held together through the blood of Jesus Christ. And so, you look at a story like Luke 2, it has become so popular. It's one of the most familiar and loved portions of Luke's gospel. In fact, from these verses from Luke, it's even entered popular culture. You can go watch this and Linus's famous speech in the Charlie Brown Christmas video, Luke chapter 2, is quoted. And so I want you to consider something from this story this morning. It actually begins before the beginning of time. The Bible says that even before the foundation of the world was laid, God planned that his son would be slain for the sins of mankind. And in the third chapter of Genesis and all the way through the Old Testament, prophecy after prophecy after prophecy proclaimed that the Messiah would come that he would be born, that he would live among us, and he would be, as John says, the Lamb of God that takes away not just a sin, but all the sins of the world. Nobody, none other up to that point could say that. None other up to that point could deliver those kind of goods. But God said, here's my son Here's the best that I can give you. And not only that, he's going to rescue you and he's going to take away the sins of the world. And so there's a silence of 400 years when no prophet from God speaks. And finally the silence is broken. Now some of you this morning are uncomfortable when things get quiet. I want you to just sit in the stillness for a moment. And I want you to think about this. 400 years of silence. I mean, if I asked you to just be silent right now for a minute, you would think that would be an eternity. 
Can you imagine silence of 400 years? And even though we don't hear from God, oh, God's at work. God works overtime, doesn't he? And in those 400 years of silence, when God finally speaks, silence is broken, the angels speak, and Jesus is born. And I want you to imagine this morning the world at the time that Jesus was born. Imagine what Mary saw. The world was busy. Most people were traveling to their hometowns, as Luke 2 says, to register to be taxed by Caesar. Mary happened to be one of those. And so much hustle and bustle going around, so many travelers that Mary and Joseph end up having to spend the night in a stable. And there Mary gives birth to Jesus. And you know what? No one really noticed. To be honest with you, no one really cared. Because it's not that people are uninterested in God. It's just that to most people, a poor couple in a stable having a baby has nothing to do with God. Oh, were they about to be in for a big surprise. Because here was a story, here was something that was going to be real life happening in front of them that only they could realize soon to be announced, this is what was prophesied. This is what they were talking about, and here he is. And so when you stop and think about it, the world hadn't changed much, has it? We're still busy, we still hustle and bustle, and we still go around, and we still do our own thing, but at the heart of the matter, I firmly believe, even though people are busy, I really believe people have a desire to know God. And I really believe they have a desire to know God deeper. And at the heart of this passage, again, what you see is the heartbeat of God. And that heartbeat says, I'm working, and I'm in charge, and I'm in control, and the birth of, of the birth of Jesus that has now come to fruition, that has now come forth, will bless your life, not just for the moment, but it will be a blessing for life eternal. Church, that is good news. Can I get an amen on that this morning? And so, look in chapter 2, verse 10. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, just as the angel said to Mary when she's receiving news in Luke chapter 1 about her being the mother of Jesus, this angel comes, and what's the announcement? Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. I want you to circle this morning that phrase, great joy. The word great is the Greek word megos. It's where we get our English word mega. I like it. Listen to how it reads. The good news that the angels proclaimed was not just the good news of joy. It was the good news of mega joy. Mega joy for all people. Mega joy for me. Mega joy for you. And it was so good that it wasn't just for a select few, but the text says it was for all the people. 
Now go back to Mary's song in Luke chapter 1, verse 46. Now you remember Mary finds out she's going to be the mother, and she, you know, she has some questions. Her question is, how is this going to happen? God explains that to her. And then the angel answers again, the Holy Spirit will come upon you in verse 35, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. In other words, you don't need to worry about what's going to happen and how it's all going to happen. I'm going to send my Spirit. He's going to overshadow you, and that's what you need to rest in. Wouldn't we be better off understanding and realizing that our lives are better when we are resting in the shadow of God's Holy Spirit? Church, that's not by accident. God left us His Spirit because He knew that we would need it. And you think about those times in one given day how you could go back and you can say, this is how the Spirit worked in my life today. This is how the Spirit served as a guide for me. This is how the Spirit served as a comfort to me. This is how the Spirit has served as a counselor for me. This is how the Spirit works. And all we need to do is step back and let it work. Don't try to define it. Don't try to understand it. Just let it be. Just like the birth. Don't try to explain it. Just let it be. And as God says, let it be for all the people. And so from Mary's profound song of doxology, she's praising God for his goodness to her, and she uses that word magnify, as we looked at last week, and that word carries the understanding of this. She is saying that the Lord is getting larger and larger in her understanding. And church, I pray this morning that as we look at a text like this and as we look at the story of Jesus, that Jesus and God himself and his spirit will get larger and larger in our hearts. Because when it gets larger and larger in our hearts, it can't help but spill over into our everyday life. And what a difference that'll make, not just in your life, but in those around you. When you're in love with Jesus, it'll show. And when you're in love with Jesus, it'll be contagious to those that you come in contact with. And so Luke chapter 2, verse 15 when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child and all who heard them. But Mary... She treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. 
the key to understanding God, the key to understanding the meaning of life, the key to everything that you will ever need to know is lying right there in a manger in front of you, staring at you into your face. And so I want you to imagine this morning that Mary lifts the baby out of the manger and gives them to you. And think about this. And John and Loretta neighbors can really understand this this morning. What was it like when baby Noah came to your arms? And you held that baby for the first time. Praise God for life, right? You remember what it's like to hold a baby for the first time? Moms, do you remember what that was like? Man, I mean, it's, it's something that you just want to hold on to forever. And then they grow up and they get older and you just have to let them go, but you still want to hold on to them, don't you? doesn't matter if they're 2 or 22 or 42 or 102. They're yours, and you want to hold on to them forever. And so Mary gives the baby Jesus to you. And imagine that you get to hold Jesus in your arms, and you look down into his face, and you realize as you're looking into his face, you're looking into the heart of God. And in your arms, you have what everybody in the world has heard about. You have what everybody is looking for, and you have them, and you're staring at him face to face. But not only are you staring at him, he is looking and staring at you. I wonder what he says to you this morning. As you give the baby back to Mary, and before you walk away from that stable, just like when you fly a baby down in the crib, you look one final time before you turn and walk away. And that, that scene stays with you forever, doesn't it? But when you look into the heart of God and you look at baby Jesus, here's what you begin to realize. You see love. You see mercy. You see grace. You see redemption. You see life. And you realize there's not a thing that you have done to deserve this, but God sends his son as a reminder you're somebody special. You're important. And you matter. You matter to God. And so, some takeaways from this passage. When you look at a text like this, you can't help but realize that everyone is important to God. And you keep reading this text and there in verse 10 it says, I bring you great good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. 
And remember, that meaning of when the favor of God rests upon you, that is His grace resting on you. And so when you read that, you begin to realize not only is everyone important to God, but He has some really good news for my life. And how we respond to that invitation makes all the difference in the world. And when you look at how the angels left and hurried and the shepherds went to Bethlehem, what you do with the good news is so important. You can walk away and you can just leave it. Or you can say, you know what, this really matters and I'm going to walk away and my life will forever be changed because of this child. And you know the rest of the story. Jesus grew up, and he expects us to grow up. To grow up in him. And when we grow up in him, and as Mary pondered all those things in her heart, may we do that as well. May we ponder them in our heart, and may they stay with us forevermore. And so right now, before we leave this morning, I want you to close your eyes, and I want to, you to hear a song that is so beautiful, and because we do not have PowerPoint or anything, I'm going to have to play it on my phone. But I want you to close your eyes and I want you to listen to the words of this song. Mary, did you know your baby boy will one day walk on? Did you know your baby boy will save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? And this child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. sight to the blind Mary, did you know your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you
did you know your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy will one day rule the nations? Did you So this afternoon, as you gather with your family, remember Jesus. And remember the difference that he has made. And if there is anything that we can do for you this morning, Mark's going to lead us in the first Noel. And if you need to respond in a public way today, we invite you to do so as we stand. <laughs> 